This is what one of the greatest public health achievements of the last decade sounds like. That is a baby in India receiving two drops of the oral polio vaccine. That action, replicated millions of times year after year, led to a moment in 2014 when then Prime Minister Manmohan Singh made this announcement. It gives me immense joy. So many of you have joined us and we in India celebrate three years without polio. As I record this, India has gone nearly eight years since its last case of wild polio. This special episode of the Global Dispatches podcast tells you the story of how, against all odds, the Indian government teamed up with the United Nations and other partners to do the seemingly impossible, eliminate polio from India. The task was monumental. Vaccines needed to reach every corner of a geographically diverse country with a vast population, millions of whom are constantly on the move. Poor infrastructure, extreme poverty, poor sanitation all complicated this effort. Yet, despite it all, India succeeded. Many people uh, had thought that India will probably never be able to eradicate polio or be the last country to eradicate polio. And uh, the program in India proved all of that wrong. That is Dr. Sunil Bahal of the World Health Organization. He was one of the central players who helped eliminate polio from India. But before we get there, I want you to think of this. In the mid-1980s, polio sickened hundreds of thousands of children in India. By 2012, no children in India were sickened by the wild polio virus, bringing the entire world exceptionally close to the global eradication of polio. This episode brings you the inside story of this remarkable achievement in global health. Polio is a virus that attacks certain functions of the nervous system. It is usually transmitted in water, contaminated by fecal matter, and typically infects children under the age of five. A common symptom is a form of paralysis that can vary in degree, including leaving some people unable to walk for life. It is a devastating disease that has left generations upon generations of children with physical disability. In 1955, a scientist in Pittsburgh named Jonas Salk invented a vaccine for polio, and it worked. In the early 1950s, before the vaccine, polio outbreaks caused more than 15,000 cases of polio in the United States. By 1963, that number fell to fewer than 100. In the meantime, a scientist named Albert Sabin developed a vaccine that did not require an injection. It could be taken orally. The oral polio vaccine further enhanced coverage in the United States, and there have been no cases of polio originating from the United States since 1979. Many countries around the world experienced a similarly precipitous decline in the number of polio cases since the advent of the vaccines. But success was not evenly distributed. 
Children in poorer countries were still routinely getting sickened from wild polio. And then the Rotarians got involved. We can make real change happen. We're Rotary. We are people of action. Get involved. Rotary is recognized as the organization that first had the vision of a polio-free world. We That's Carol Pendak, director of the Polio Plus campaign in Rotary International. She explains that in the late 1970s, Rotary was looking for a big way to commemorate its 75th anniversary, so they embarked on a polio campaign in the Philippines. It did well, very well. So Rotary embarked on a fundraising campaign for global polio eradication. Their goal was to raise $120 million. But Rotarians responded big time and raised way more. And in a three-year period, uh, by 1988, uh, we were well on our way to raising $247 million, twice our, our goal. Um, so in 1988, um, we'd been speaking with UNICEF and the World Health Organization, and our, um, our fundraising and volunteer capacity was the catalyst for the World Health Assembly to adopt the resolution to eradicate polio in 1988. And that marked the launch of what is known today as the Global Polio Eradication Initiative. From 1988 on, Polio rates around the world declined sharply thanks to the Global Polio Eradication Initiative. The founding members of this partnership included Rotary, UNICEF, the World Health Organization, and the United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Today, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is also an anchoring partner. John Lang is a former United States ambassador and currently senior fellow for global health diplomacy at the United Nations Foundation. He served for four years as the co-chair of the Global Polio Eradication Initiative's Polio Partners Group. As he explains, the initiative would assist governments as they planned and executed nationwide polio vaccination drives. In fact, the last time I was uh, vaccinated against polio was by the Prime Minister of the Democratic Republic of the Congo because I went to a uh, big uh, campaign opening for the polio campaign in Kinshasa uh, and uh, the Prime Minister, after he gave his speech, was vaccinated by the Health Minister and then the Prime Minister took the uh, polio uh, and and put two drops in the mouths of of the various other people who were in attendance. Uh, And uh, it's that simple. You can even do it if you're a prime minister. Governments would spend months and months working with partners to meticulously plan the logistics of a vaccination drive that usually lasts about a week or two. This includes maintaining what is known as a cold chain. The oral polio vaccine is not stable and requires constant refrigeration. This is no easy task in rural areas of poor countries where electricity is either unreliable or unavailable. One of the real big successes of the Global Polio Eradication Initiative has been the ability to reach children in the most remote areas 
uh, and the most isolated uh, uh, and difficult situations because these door-to-door efforts really do have to reach uh, a large number of children uh, to to get to the point where they have what is called herd immunity so that others, uh, even if they're not vaccinated, can, are still not uh, likely to uh, contract the disease because so many people around them have been vaccinated. So you have to reach a very large percentage of the children uh, and uh, and with oral polio vaccine, you need to, need to do it more than once. You need to do it several times. These kinds of campaigns were yielding big results around the world. In 1988, over 350,000 children in 125 countries contracted polio each year. By the year 2000, there were an estimated 8,300 children infected with paralytic polio worldwide in just a handful of countries. During this period, India also experienced a big decline in polio. In the early 1990s, India was known as a hyper-endemic country. India alone accounted for over 60% of all polio cases worldwide. Then, in 1995, the Indian government made a major investment in polio eradication, including these massive nationwide vaccination campaigns. Here again is Dr. Sunil Bahal, who is the Regional Advisor for Immunization and Vaccine Development for the World Health Organization's Southeast Asia Regional Offices. I mean, there were nationwide campaigns, and the sheer scope of these campaigns is mind-boggling because nearly 170 million children uh, would get vaccinated uh, you know, during each such campaign. And there was a very meticulous planning that went into uh, these campaigns. You know, before the actual campaigns, there were very detailed micro plans that were developed. Uh, and these micro plans uh, were really very detailed, you know, with every vaccination team. And uh, there were more than 2.3 million vaccinators that were involved, but each one of them knew exactly, you know, how many children to cover, where to start from, where to end. You know, so those kinds the of results of this campaign were dramatic. Polio began receding from most of the country. But there were two parts of India where the tried-and-true methods of polio eradication were not having the intended impact. Uttar Pradesh and Bihar are two states in northern India. And it is there that India's drive toward total eradication of polio began to stall. These are two of the poorest states in India, and to make matters worse for a disease that is transmitted through water, prone to flooding. Uttar Pradesh and Bihar are also extremely populated. If these two states in India were their own country, they would form the fourth most populated country in the world, just behind the United States. Christopher Marr is the director of the Polio Eradication Program for the Eastern Mediterranean region of the World Health Organization. I caught up with him from Amman, Jordan, where he's based. A favorite thing that I used to point out to people when they talk about, you know, why is it so difficult to get rid of polio from northern India? Uttar Pradesh and Bihar, between them, used to, used to have 750,000 births a month. So... You know, trying to get those three quarters of a million children who were born every month immune before they got infected by polio was a pretty serious challenge <laughs> across a very, very large 
geographic area and all sorts of um, you know social and community backgrounds I suppose or, or, or environments that, that uh, we were dealing with at the time so yeah, it was a very very daunting task technically just simply to be able to to uh, reach that number of kids with vaccine often enough to be able to make them immune. The normal strategies were working to reduce polio, but India was not on the path towards elimination. So Indian officials and their partners needed to get creative. First, UNICEF helped design a massive public information campaign around the slogan, Two Drops of Life. They enlisted famous Bollywood stars like Amitabh Bachchan and even the Indian national cricket team in ads touting the life-saving effects of the oral polio vaccine. Two drops of life. Two drops that freed a nation from polio. Behind these very drops of life are the countless drops of blood and sweat shed by thousands of UNICEF SMNet mobilizers. Meanwhile, officials developed a strategy specifically targeting the highly mobile populations of Uttar Pradesh and Bihar. They called this the transit strategy. Again, here is Dr. Bahal. Uh, so uh, when a strategy was put in place where vaccination teams were stationed on highways, in, on railway platforms, on train stations, busy marketplaces, so that all these children who were on the move uh, during the campaign were also vaccinated. And uh, nearly 8 million children would get vaccinated either at train and bus stations, in moving trains, or in markets, or at busy intersections. Wait, so, so vaccinators would literally like board trains and look for children and give them a polio vaccine? That's correct. You know, So they were not only boarding trains, but they were also stationed on the train stations. You know, So when a train arrived or a train was leaving, you know, there was a huge crowd of people there either wanting to board a train or getting down off a train. I mean, and they, they... Targeting children on the move in crowded trains and railways was a complex operation. So too was targeting children who are very far from these population centers, specifically children living in the Kosi River Basin in Bihar. This is a remote and extremely flood-prone area that borders Nepal. The sheer time it took for vaccinators to travel to this region seriously limited their reach. Uh, so it was very challenging to you know, reach some of these children uh, in, in the Kosi Riverine area of Bihar. You know, there were children who would miss vaccination round after round. And uh, this meant that the polio virus... Uh, could survive there, and this became like a sanctuary for the polio virus. Once again, the Indian government and their partners developed a strategy specifically tailored to address this problem. With few roads, health staff spent hours walking in and out of the area each day. In the wet season, rain and snowmelt from Nepal turned these plains into a dangerous inland ocean. And in the dry season, families spread far from the villages and roads to claim new plots of land to farm. Up to 20% of kids in the area were being missed. The polio partners knew they had to make changes fast. So they established places health staff could sleep and work in the villages eliminating the hours-long journey in and out. That is a video about the Kosi River Basin strategy by Christine McNabb for the United Nations Foundation. 
This simple innovation of establishing sleeping quarters for vaccinators helped to end polio transmission in the Kosi River area within two years. By 2010, there were no recorded cases of wild polio virus in this area. This video also profiles a woman named Martha Dodre. She is a health worker and polio vaccinator. And ultimately, it was people like her who eliminated polio from India. Every strategy that the Indian government and people like Dr. Bahal, Carol Pendak, and Christopher Marr helped design relied on a legion of health workers and volunteers to carry out. These are the true heroes of India's fight to end polio. The government of India recruited or mobilized more than 2.3 million volunteers across the country. And the Oliver Rosenbauer of the World Health Organization explains. And uh, these were not WHO or UNICEF staff. These were local volunteers, local mothers, uh, local parents, local fathers, uh, older brothers and sisters who volunteered, wanted to protect uh, their children in their community from from polio. And, and they literally went. It was like delivering the mail. They went to every single door in every single village, in every single town, uh, and knocked on every door to find every child under the age of five years to vaccinate that child. And here is one of those health workers, Martha Dodre, in her own words. It has taken some time to build trust with members of the community. At first, they would even reject the vaccine. I'd ensure that I spoke to the community about the polio program. I wanted every child to be vaccinated. The guiding ethos of any polio campaign is to reach every last child. So all this was primarily, I mean, being done to ensure that we reach the last child in India. I mean, and no child was missed, you know. So this was kind of a constant pursuit of the missed children. The last child in India to have suffered the consequence of missing her polio vaccine was Ruxar Khatun. She was a 15-month-old living near Kolkata when she suddenly had difficulty moving. Her parents took her to a health center. Doctors there took a stool sample and confirmed that she had contracted polio. That was January 13, 2011. According to reports, she's doing much better now, having undergone some extensive physical therapy. And since that moment, no child has been sickened by the wild polio virus in India. So, on January 14, 2014, having gone three years without a new case of wild polio, India was officially declared polio-free. Today, there are three countries still considered endemic. Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Nigeria. Nigeria, though, is tantalizingly close to eliminating polio, having had no new wild cases since 2016. As of October 2018, Afghanistan and Pakistan have recorded a total of 19 wild polio cases so far this year, four in Pakistan and 15 in Afghanistan. These are the last readouts of polio in the world. Efforts to reach children in certain parts of these countries are beset by conflict, and that is undermining the fight against polio, as is the targeting of health workers by armed groups. 
Still, the fact that there have been so few cases of polio concentrated in just these two countries suggests that global eradication is indeed possible. The experience of India demonstrates that through partnerships and collective action, polio can be defeated once and for all. Thank you for listening to this special episode of Global Dispatches podcast produced in partnership with the United Nations Foundation. This episode is part of a series that takes a look at successful examples of multilateral cooperation to solve great global problems. Previous episodes includes an examination of the Montreal Protocol to protect the ozone layer and the successful United Nations peacekeeping mission in Liberia. Please visit globaldispatchespodcast.com to find these episodes and more.